I would love to see Hillary do it right this time. She did it horribly wrong last time. What, was the mis- uh, what, was, what were the mistakes she was making in, in, in your opinion? They would just take stump speeches and literally Senate floor speeches and repurpose them and call it a podcast. It was, you know, with the warning label, do not operate heavy machinery while listening to this <laughs> podcast. Podcast Junkies, we are back. Episode 49. What is Podcast Junkies, you ask? I call it the podcaster's voice. Why do I do that? Because I get to talk to amazing podcasters and they come in and I want them to feel like they're just chilling at home. I think uh, it was Jessica Rhodes that gave me the best description. She's like, it's like a late night conversation with your your best friend, which was awesome, which is what I want all of these to feel like. And this week, we speak to Rob Walsh, the VP at Libsyn, uh, host of Podcast 411, and today in iOS, as old school as they get, podcasting since 2004. I've been meaning to have Rob on, and I was looking back at a list I had of like 50 folks I wanted to speak to uh, when I started podcasting, and Rob was on that list. And I just, for some reason, I just never got around to reaching out to him or I just didn't <laughs> know how to, not know how to contact him, but just know how to how to promote my show and just say, hey, would you come on? So I thankfully had the benefit um, and the pleasure of meeting him in person a couple of times. And I think that that sort of broke the ice. Um, I've been a, a, a customer of Lipsons for a while now since I got started and with some other shows that I'm producing. So have, I've had multiple interactions with Rob. And um, I think there's this notion sometimes that I've heard that um, people say Rob's can be a bit grouchy. I don't know why. It's maybe just people that don't know him. Couldn't be farther from the truth. He's a lot of fun, has a really, really uh, quick uh humor sense of humor and um we laughed a lot and uh just got to know a little bit know him a little bit more and i, I think you will too and uh, find out some things about him that you might not know um he's as passionate about podcasting as they come and as knowledgeable about podcasting as they come as well so the combination of those makes for a superbly entertaining show i think you'll agree my interview with uh, Rob Walsh. So, Rob Walsh, thank you so much on Friday for joining me on Podcast Junkies. Harry, thanks for having me on. Any uh, any plans this weekend? Going to go see Minions. That's so funny. <laughs> My last guest uh, just had Vanessa Lowe from Nocturne on, and she, she said the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, yeah, how how can you not go see that? So the kids and, you know, and actually I was dressed up last year for Halloween. I was dressed up as Gru and my son was a a minion. So, um, yeah, so my my younger son was a minion and I was Gru, which works well when you're bald. So you can do, you can pull Gru (laughs) off pretty pretty well. So are you, uh, a lot of these movies that I've seen lately, um, they tend to have like the obvious like the angle for the kids and the animation and uh, but then every once in a while they throw like jokes in there that are kind of like for adults and you're like oh okay <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well it was the movie I was watching uh, the other day um it was a kids movie and they threw an auto erotica fixation joke in there 
and it was wow. something else. And I was just like, and it was, and, and it was, it was, it, he was meant to be mispronouncing something. And I was like, oh, wow, they did not just say that. And I was like, that's too funny. What? There was something that I saw and there was like, uh, there's no bears in San Francisco. Uh, and they were just talking about, oh, I saw oh. some big, big hairy guys. I don't know. Are those bears? And then it was like, what? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's but you know what? Disney animators have always done yeah. things like that. So I mean, cartoons have always been done by adults with inside jokes for adults. Uh, you know, even Eek the Cat had a lot of you know kid. You had a lot of adult humor hidden in it in its heyday. And Disney was uh, there's a scene if you got the DVD Blu-ray of what uh, Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where supposedly her dress flips up and and they show you know, a snatch shot and, um, and, and there was what, uh, Michael Eisner's, uh, home phone number written in one on the wall. So really? They, yeah. The, the Disney animators, you know, they're bored. So they have fun. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to keep in mind that these are grown adults drawing kids cartoons. So they, I'm so, I'm sure when they're, when all said and done, they have their, still got their adult sensibilities. <laughs> so, um, I guess I just wanted to chat about all the stuff that's going on. It's it's a definitely an exciting time to be podcasting. I'll make sure not to refer to it as a renaissance. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, again, it, it's a renaissance of media coverage or a resurgence yeah. of media coverage, as I've, I've always said. But it's it's not a resurgence in podcasting. It's been steady growth. And it's taken a lot of work for the community and, and, and the the industry to get where we are and it's not a fad and it's not a one hit wonder a serial didn't make podcasting serial be, you know podcasting be where it is today without serial uh there's no one podcast that had has made this industry it's an interesting day today because uh, as i as we were chatting about briefly um i spoke to brendan mcdonald who was uh, the producer for w2f and mm -hmm. they just obviously had a historic moment with barack obama and Lipson played a key role in that in terms of making sure that nothing broke. <laughs> yeah, well, Mark's been, yeah, Mark's been hosting with us since day one. So yeah. when he started the podcast, he started with us and he started right. And it's continued on and nothing goes wrong. So, uh, you know, knock on wood. So um, how much was there? Was there prep involved in that? And did they reach out to you and say, hey, this is coming down the pike? Yeah, Brendan actually contacted me a few days before the uh, it happened, said, hey, wanted to let you know this, you know, this. Yeah, this week we're going to be doing an interview with the president. Next week it'll go up. Um, do you guys need to do anything to prep for it? I said, nope, we're fine. Just matter, you know, of, ma was, matter, that, matter of factly like that. Yeah, I was like, that, <laughs> nope, we're fine. Matter of fact, I didn't even contact the support guys about it. I was like, oh, the next day I was talking to one of them. I said, oh, by the way, you know, this you can't can't tell anybody what's just going to happen. I go, we don't need to do anything. He's like, no, no, we're fine. And so I, you were on um, the feed. You're chatting about it with Elsie uh, and. Uh, I think you, you were also. I think what surprised you was the fact that there was no vetting of the episode once it was done. Right? That was really what surprised me because I cheated and I listened to it early, and um, you know it, it was it was on Father's Day I was listening to it, and, and then I next day I went back and looked at the preliminary episode, and, and I said, I wonder you know, how, how many people listened to it. You know, he gave access to this because I kind of snuck in, and there was two downloads. I don't, that's it. It was just me, one download from California and one download from Kansas, which was me. And so it was like no downloads from Washington, D.C. And that was, that was so, the only downloads were, were, were me and probably either Brendan or Mark. 
And so that told me that, you know, the White House clearly didn't vet it. They just were like, yeah, go, go for it. And, and that was surprising and, and refreshing. And, and I was like, kudos to them for just letting it go. And on top of that, even taking a step back, what, what are your thoughts about them having the actual interview on, on, on Mark's home turf, as it was? Well, I think that's what made it even more special because it was like saying, hey, the president's willing to come and do an interview on a podcast, how that podcast normally works. Didn't, it wasn't, didn't ask for any special favors or anything, I mean, other than putting snipers on your neighbor's roof. Um, but, you know, as far as the podcast recording went, in the same garage as, you know, all the other guests have been. And yeah, I know, I know Mark's done a couple in, in hotel rooms and things, but, you know, for the most part, they're always in there, right in that, in that garage. And, and that was nice. It was nice for podcasting. And, you know, I say well, how that affects podcasting in my mind, long-term, there's a lot of PR companies out there that have to try to book their clients on different things when they're promoting DVDs or movies or books or whatever it is. And some of those clients may have been or still probably are a little hesitant to come on podcasting. Now these PR guys can point to the fact that, hey, look, the president went on a podcast. You can go on a podcast. Not only and, did the president go on a podcast, the, po- the president went to Mark Maron's garage to be right, on a podcast. Right. And, and I think that story from different you know, PR place is, is going to work well. So if you are a podcaster and you want to get a celebrity on your show, I think it's going to make it easier now. Uh, you know, as I always say to people, go out to IMDB Pro, sign up, find every celebrity you want to ever interview, figure out when they're releasing a book, a movie, a TV show, whatever it is, they're in promotion mode at that point, reach out to their uh, contacts and, and, and now you might have a better chance. That's a, that's a fantastic uh, service to refer people to. It's is that one of the first places you send people to when you, when you have them look for places to book guests? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want celebrities, absolutely. Uh, I, I tell them, like, oh, I don't know what it is now, $15 a month or $12 a month. What I, I'm not even sure what it is anymore. But I say, sign up for one month, figure out ahead of time, go into IMDB, figure every one of your celebrities you want, figure out ahead of time, and then sign up and then get all their contacts <laughs> and then cancel. Don't be like me. I, I let it run for like two years before I canceled it. Um, did you get any use but, out uh, of it? Yeah, I absolutely did. That's how I got Ronald Moore on my, my, my uh, podcast back in the day from Battlestar Galactica. And that led me into interviewing uh, Colin Ferguson. So I, you know, I got a few different celebrities out of that. I think uh, uh, Larry Kudlow, I reached out to his people through that as well. So it came so, in handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely a nice thing. And I always say, you know, exaggerate your numbers. Um, overstate your placement, whatever it is you got to do to get that first big celebrity. Cause once you get the first one, then the rest are easy to follow. And it's more about, um, well, there's two, there's two things, right? One is when you're trying to get a celebrity, you know, they're always worried about what's this thing that I'm coming on board. And like you said, now this activity with, uh, the, uh, the president Obama is going to just open the gates for all that sort of stuff. And then there's a, the other approach when you're trying to go after a sponsor or an advertiser and, you can take a couple of different tacks there, show numbers or not show numbers. Or just well, then, the then you have to be honest about your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when it's an advertiser, you have to be honest about numbers. When it comes to booking somebody who's going to be hawking a DVD, a movie, a book, eh, don't worry about honesty. Uh, little white lies never hurt. Well, it's, mutu- it's mutually beneficial, right? Right. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing them a favor. You're helping promote them. And sometimes, you you know, in the past, you, it, the gatekeepers, too, a lot of times were some of these, the, the, comp- the PR companies early on. Uh, but I think now... It, it really, I, I think with the president coming on, it just, it just 
sends this nice message that podcasting is here. Um, if the president can do it, you can do it. And what's funny is it's, it's it not only does it validate it for people who are trying to do something similar, albeit on a smaller scale, but even for Mark himself, I think like anyone who in the past like he's tried to reach out to to have on his show at this point now they can't you can't you know you like well I had the president on like how how much more important can anyone else be besides that. Well, yeah, I, and, and Robin Williams really helped him early on too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, having Robin Williams helps helps you. But I mean, Mark had a reputation, so. But I, I think anybody who's doing interviews in any niche, if you can get one or the biggest in that niche, um, then you're set. And have you seen it? What have you seen from Lipson's perspective as a result of uh, the interview with the president? Well, from Lipson's perspective, you know. Uh, we saw some nice mentions of podcasting. I got a couple of interviews. People asked, you know, just to, to talk about the hosting because they saw where Mark was hosting. Um, but overall, um, I think the biggest thing is when I look at Mark's stats, just seeing that the fact that his episodes after the interview are up. So it, it wasn't just that interview. It wasn't a spike. It was more, you know, there was a spike there, but it didn't come back down to where it was before. It's now raised. He's got a bigger audience base. So, you know, it helped him grow his audience base, which is great. And on top of that, a lot of these people that came in and listened now have been exposed to the podcasting. You know, so some of those people that listen to Mark's show, maybe Mark's show isn't going to be their cup of tea. Uh, but maybe another podcast is. Maybe, you know, if you're a podcast listening, maybe your podcast will be somebody who first listened to podcasts because of the, the interview with President Obama and learned about podcasting that way. Have you seen it in... You know, sometimes we only have our own small circle of friends or family to to use as our ongoing test bed of how far or how much progress we've made in terms of podcasting. What have you seen with your friends or try, still trying to explain podcasting to your grandma? How that's going? How that's going? <laughs> you know, you know, people say that I haven't. I can't remember the last time I talked to someone that when I they asked what I did and I told them they didn't. You know, I asked them if they if. Actually, I've gone to now, not even asking if they know what a podcast is. I actually say now, when someone asks me what do you do, I go, what podcast do you listen to? And, and usually they'll rattle off a few and I'll say, well, two or three of those hosts for the company I work with. Uh. Um, every now and then I'll get someone that says, well, I don't listen to any. I go, but do you know what they are? And I, have, I can't remember the last time someone said to me, I don't know what a podcast is. No, explain it to me. Yeah, I've been taking advantage of uh, the ride sharing. So I'm in Lyfts and I'm in Ubers. And one of the first things I do is I just like, so by the way, do you, you know what a podcast is? And they're like, you know, half of them are still yes. And and then inevitably I'm able, by the time I get to the airport, to have either given them my card, which is another reason, good reason to have your podcast information handy, or just actually go on their phone and, and put it on it for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, I'm amazed by how many podcasters still don't have a business card for their show. Uh, you know, I talk to them all the time. I'm like, well, what's your business card? What do you say on your card? Well, I don't have one. But overnight prints, go spend 50 bucks, get yourself some cards. You know, get some cards because one of the best ways to do it is when you meet people, tell them about your show, hand them a card. Here you go. Uh, what I'll do sometimes to some people is I'll take their phone, their smartphone. I'll say, give me your smartphone and I'll go and I'll download the app for my show on their smartphone. That's, that's, yeah, that's an important distinction because, uh, some people might have thought you were going to say, oh, I'll go to the podcast and I'll download the podcast for them. Explain the importance um, of having an app specifically for your podcast. People love apps. 
I mean, it's an app of application of the world. People don't get, a lot of people don't get this outside of podcasting. I mean, I hear this from some podcasters. They'll say, well, I listen to 15, 20 podcasts. People don't want an app for each show. Reality is, was it 76% of podcast listeners, according to Edison, listen to five or fewer podcasts. And the average smartphone user has 120 apps installed that they've installed on their, on their device. Well, think about that. If most people are listening to five or fewer podcasts, most people are, have 120 or more apps they've installed, installing one more app for your show is not a big deal. And it gives you better branding with your audience, having your own app. And it's just, it's just better all around experience between you and your listener when you have an app, if you, if you have a good app. So I, when I introduce my shows now to people, I go and I have them download my app. It's more of a, and, and you, uh, Lipson is continuing to add functionality to the, to the feature, right? I, I, I think, um, is it support, does, is push functionality supported on it at this point? Uh, it is, you have to ask for it. Okay. Um, but yes, because uh, I have push on mine, which it great is a great liberator because when you have push notification and most of your listeners have your app, you don't worry that I'm going to release on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. You release when the episode's ready. And, and I'm a firm believer of release when your episode's right. Don't release right now. You know, people have this belief system that you have to release the same day, same time every week. And I, and I kind of used to think that way. And then I started looking at the biggest shows out there and I noticed something. They don't do it that way. Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, nobody's bigger than his. His release schedule is Oh, eight to 18 weeks between episodes. Joe Rogan will release anywhere from one to four or five episodes in a week. What days of the week? Who knows? But they'll go up. So what I've discovered is, hey, as long as I can have a way to let my audience know that the episode went up, I, I don't feel bad. And my audience knows that my episodes are going to be released between five and 10 days between episodes, typically. And usually if I get to that 10th day and I haven't released an episode, I start getting emails. Hey, where's the episode? That's a sign of loyal followers, right? That when they reach out to you and say, hey, it's, you know, they sort of keep you on your toes and they're like, when's the latest episode? It's a nice mm -hmm. feeling to know that you have like a, a little tribe keep, keeping you uh, honest. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, um, if your content is good enough, then people look for it and, you know, it, it's almost so, so, so it's almost, it almost speaks to make, making sure you just be, not maybe not be consistent with releasing, but be consistent with the quality and keep putting out things that people um, are going to have a natural uh, inclination for. And then over time saying, okay, I don't know when it's coming out, but I know that when it, when it is there, I'm going to go after it. And I, I, you know, I see that with Joe Rogan and I see with <laughs> that with uh, Dan Carlin. Yeah. And, and the other thing to think too, is if you release a bad episode because you're trying to stick to a timeline, you know, you just throw an episode out there. Okay. I got to release. It's Monday. It's 10 AM. I got to, that's it. Publish. Well, oh well, not my best. A certain percentage of your audience is going to go, man, this show's not so good. Or they're new listeners and go, wow, I'm never listening to this again. And, and you don't get them back if you lose the audience. So I'm a firm believer of release it when it's right. Get it right. And even if it's late, you know, it's better to have that email, when's the next episode coming, than the email that says, wow, what what'd you do on that last episode? You know, where, where were you? <laughs> yeah, competition is fierce nowadays, and and quality wise, it just seems like everyone is stepping it up across the board, and a lot of it is the NPR effect. But I I just notice more and more like if it's something that sounds like it was made with like earbuds and like the laptop mic, like you said, you 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 just 
you don't feel like listening listening to it for that mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Now, and I don't want anyone to get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do a release schedule if you can. If you can do it and have it done and you're not racing to get the episodes done and you're not forcing out episodes, release on a regular schedule. I mean, I know some people that get five or six episodes ahead and, and you can just go in if you're on Libsyn and schedule it to release on Monday at 10 a.m. And, you know, it might be two weeks from now could be the Monday that you're picking. And that's great if, you, if you're that kind of person. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> You'll be happy to know that uh, you also got a shout out from Duncan Trussell. I listened to his podcast as well. And he just had Mark Maron on. Mm-hmm. And they were talking, obviously, about the, the interview. And then at some point, it was, it's so funny because you, you're not expecting to hear it. And he's like, and thanks, Mark, for introducing me to that uh, hosting company because I didn't know anything about that. And I think he actually said lips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. Yeah. Duncan hosts with us. <laughs> so that's funny. But that just goes to show you like the, the you know, the, nothing beats uh, or nothing's better than a referral that one of your customers gives to to someone else. Oh, yeah. And and, and Mark Marin's with us because of Keith and the girl. Yeah. So, so, you know, that, you know, Keith and the girl recommended to Mark Marin's people that when Mark was looking to podcast to come over to Libsyn. So, you know, Keith and Hemda helped out. So we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have the president's interview without Keith and Hemda. So shout out to Keith and Hemda. It's all, uh, yeah, there's all, you can all, you can point it all to like one piece. If that hadn't happened, that hadn't happened. So mm-hmm. it was fun when you trace those back. Uh, how long have you been with Libsyn? I have been with Libsyn. It'll be eight years in August. So I, I was podcasting about two and a half years before I started with Libsyn. So yeah, it, it was uh, August 6th, 2007 is when I started. And were you hosting with Libsyn prior to? Oh yeah, yeah. I was hosting with Libsyn almost uh, for over two years prior to ho- uh, getting the job with them. I started hosting with them in March of 2005. My podcast itself started in uh, in late 2004. And I got Senator Edwards as a guest on my podcast and agreed to come on my podcast in April of 2005. And I was like, I need to find a better host. I think I'm going to take down my website. So with Senator Edwards, because that was right after the 2004 elections, and, and he was at that time probably one of the front runners for the next running. And I was like, okay. And I, I knew from doing a podcast about podcasting, you know, hey, Libsyn's there. And, and I signed up with Libsyn and I've been very happy Libsyn customer ever since. And I was such a happy customer and promoting them all the time. They came to me and said, why don't you work for us? I was like, okay, that makes sense. So this is an interesting piece of, of uh, info because, you know, you listen to a lot of information on, on podcasts and I heard, uh, I think it was um, Elsie, Elsie's, um, her official title for Lipson is... The podcast happiness guru. Podcast happiness. I like that. And she also has uh, She Podcasts. So I heard her on She Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so she was telling me that um, there was another senator who you had the opportunity to interview at that time as well. Had, I had a chance to work for it, do his podcast. Uh, his people contacted me because I, I was doing Senator Edwards at the time. So his people contacted me and said, hey, we're, we're going to launch this podcast. And um, can you take a listen to it? Tell us what you think. And, you know, can you help us out? And, uh, and I went and listened. I said, oh, okay, yeah, it sounds good. But, you know, kind of be conflict of interest. You know, here's some people in Chicago that might can help you out. And of course, that was, that was Senator Obama at the time, who then became President Obama. So I, yeah, I had a chance early on to work on his podcast. And oops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, should have should, should have. And the worst part about it was later on when I told Senator Edwards people about it, they're like, "Oh no, you could have worked on it." Oh man, That's and funny. I was like, "Okay," and then and then I went and worked on Governor Richardson's podcast. So I was like, uh, "Okay, well, no conflict." So, 
It's going to be an interesting time because politicians are have this acute awareness if they did. I mean, they were probably doing, obviously they were doing it before way back in 2005, but I think this is just going to have that skyrocket, right? I would imagine there'll be more politicians get into podcasting. It, you're still surprised how few of the major candidates are doing it or doing it well. Um, I would love to see Hillary do it right this time. She did it horribly wrong last time. What, was the mis- uh, what, was, what were the mistakes she was making in, in, in your opinion? They would just take stump speeches and literally Senate floor speeches and repurpose them and call it a podcast. It was, you know, with the warning label, do not operate heavy machinery while listening to this <laughs> podcast. Uh, it, it was bad. It was probably one of the worst politician ones. Um, you know, Senator Edwards did it right. Senator Obama, and the, at the time, Senator Obama, now President Obama at the time, uh, now, but he did it right. Uh, it was he made it personable. And as a politician, the whole goal of the podcast isn't to promote your agenda, isn't to promote your your talking points. It's to promote you as a likable person. And if you can get the person to like you in the podcast, you'll have plenty of other opportunities to to eschew your political beliefs. So you keep it light on the politics and heavy on the personality. And I think yeah. that's why the interview with uh, Mark was so successful because the feedback that he heard um, it was, "Hey, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a fan, but I really enjoyed the conversation." Right. Yeah, I've heard from people on both sides of the aisle that thought it was a very good interview, and and now that, that in this divisive political world that says a lot yeah definitely. i mean there's some people that obviously there's some people that are so far on either spectrum they'll never they'll never like an interview they hear of president obama it's just like there's some people they'll never like an interview that they hear of you know of uh jeb bush so you're gonna have people that are just gonna be polarized and and you can throw those people away but the majority of the people at least that i've heard from really like the interview so prior to you joining lips and had uh, what did you know anything else about the company besides the fact that it was you were just toasting with them? Well, I knew the guys, the Daves that started it, and I had interviewed them, and I had them on podcast four one one. So, you know, and, and you know, at the time, podcasting that was my gig, and my podcast was about podcasting. So I knew all about Libsyn and, and the other podcast hosts that were out there. So I had pretty good feel of who they were, what they were doing, and and they had just got acquired by Wizard Media, and and talk with them, and I was actually working day job at that time i started a day job for a pr company and i was trying to get them on as a client and 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 to be their pr company during that period of time and that led me to get to know chris spencer who was the ceo at the time so that just became a better you know one phone call from me trying to recruit them became a phone call from them recruiting me um what what's their what was their history like uh, how did how was the company founded it was founded by the four guys, uh, basically, uh, you know, in one of their living rooms. Uh, they were all pit guys, and um, and the longer back history was that uh, Dave Mansueto was doing some art type recording stuff, and he had talked with uh, Dave Jacan and Hoops and Marty, and and just about getting a website up, and they had done some website stuff before that, and then Dave had learned about this thing called podcasting, you know, in, in September, October timeframe, 2004 and said, you know, he wanted to do one and looked around and realized it wasn't really a place to do it. So they said, Hey, let's, let's do it. You know, let's, let's make a service specifically for podcasting and let's do it right. Let's not have a single server with a point of failure. Let's make it many servers and spread it out and, and create a backend that could handle any amount of traffic. 
And uh, that basic architecture is what's driven Libsyn all these years. And it's much more robust today than it was 10 years ago. Uh, dual CDN, we, you know, again, Mark can have the president on. It's, you know, not even a blip. And, and you know, and he said to Brennan, don't worry about it. I go, your file sizes are small. You've got Dan Carlin, whose file sizes are huge. And he gets, you know, he gets like 350,000 downloads in the first day. Uh, so, you know, when Mark doubled that, when he got uh, 735,000, bandwidth-wise, was actually less than what Dan does with a new episode of Hardcore History. Yeah, I think with the combination of those two now, you've basically kicked the tires. You can validate to anyone, if anyone had any doubts before. Yeah, I mean, right now, typically Libsyn, if you go into iTunes, we, we have about 35% of the top 200 shows in iTunes. So again, one show never is going to affect us. So you're, like you've mentioned, uh, you had your original podcast is Podcast 411. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you're also the, uh, the host of This Week in iOS. Well, today in iOS. Today in iOS. Sorry. Today. It used to be today in iPhone. Um, okay. and, and that one, that one took, oh, I mean, that one's the reason I don't do podcast 411 all the time or hardly ever, um, or kind of have it on hiatus because it just takes so much time. It takes 20 hours a week for me to do that show. And, um, and you know, that, that one is fun and it pays bills. And so, um, how I long, miss podcast 411. How long is, um, today in, today in iOS, how long has that been running? Um, before the iPhone launched, I actually launched it in April of 2007. No, it's a, a, go, go ahead. I, say, and I even launched it with an advertiser before the first episode. So how'd you, before, pull, that, how'd you pull that off? Uh, Audible wanted to advertise on podcast 411. So that, and I said, no, I don't take advertising, but I'm about to launch this other podcast. Would you be interested in advertising? They're like, what's it about? And I was like, the iPhone. They're like, okay. And, and it worked out a deal where they bought the first three months of advertising at a, a nice rate that paid for the iPhone and the data plan for the first year. I figured out how much it was going to cost me, and they covered that for the first three months of advertising. And then they continued to advertise with it. So it was like, okay, not only am I doing the podcast about it, but now I'm definitely getting the iPhone. So that when it came time to break the news to my wife that I had another podcast, which she didn't know for the first month and a half or so, <laughs> um, that I could say, what? I'm making money. <laughs> How do you how do you not oh how do you hide the fact that you're doing a podcast because obviously at some point you got to go into this room here and record or disappear for like an hour well, and a she, half. she thought I was just working on the other podcast <laughs> okay so that's not too bad yeah so yeah, interestingly okay. enough your the, the today in iOS was one of the first podcasts I listened to that was not music related for because for me in the past I grew up as a DJ a podcast was a, a compilation of <laughs> like music and, and music uh, recordings uh, that DJs would make. And then I was trying to uh, launch a uh, app that I created for electronic music, and it was for DJs. Okay. And I said, "Okay, where can I get more information?" And then I think I stumbled on one or two podcasts about um, about making apps. So they were specifically on how to make iOS apps. And then one of them, I think, mentioned like your name or like, oh, I heard it on Today in iOS. And I was like, oh, Today in iOS, what's this? And then, and then obviously, as you know, it becomes a rabbit hole. And, <laughs> and then I, I remember I was listening to your show for a while. I even downloaded the player because you had its own app at the time. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I've had it for um, six years. I've had an app for yeah. the show now. Yeah. So a long time. I meant to, I, I remember uh, this was now two plus years back, but I, at one point I was still, I was going to promote my app and I was like, I got to record one of those intros yeah. <laughs> you didn't do it i never did i never got around to it but i was gonna make like a i think like a, it's a 30 second promo or something like that well, right? what, but, what i say to 
app developers, if, if any app developers out there, if you have an app that's for sale, or if not, just record me a 60-second or less audio review of your app stating up front you're the dev, and I'll play it on the show. And if you have an app that's for sale, give me five promo codes, and I put it at the beginning of the episode, and I give away the promo codes, so five or more. And I've been doing that for years now, and I get developers all the time send me in their apps. And, their, and, and I've, I've expanded it recently to say, hey, if English isn't your native language, because I had a few complaining, like, oh, I, I'd love to do it, but I can't speak English. My English no good. Um, <laughs> uh, I say, okay, well, write your review down, and I'll, I'll read it. So I'll do that for people that, where they're not native English speakers or they're not comfortable with their voice. You um, also do the... Uh the art artwork or I do. Yeah. So I have my list. Every episode has a different artwork yeah. and, a, and, a, and also a different song. And the artwork is created for the show by the listeners on an iOS device. So it has to be on an iOS device and they have to tell me what apps they use to create it. So that way at the beginning of the episode, I say, Hey, thank you for the artwork. And here's the app they use to create it. So if someone sees the app or an artwork that they created, um, they go, oh, I like that artwork. That's neat. What app did they use? And I now they know. So it's a way for people to discover different artwork apps that are out there and photo editing apps and other apps um, because a lot of people create. You know, that was the whole idea behind it was for me to say, look, people are creating on their iOS device. They're not just consuming. It's not just a consumption device. The iOS device is a creation device. And that was kind of my way of driving that point home early on on the show. And music too, right? And music, and then people send me in songs, and I play songs that were created just on iOS devices. Um, At this point, you must have a whole collection. You could release an, al- an album. <laughs> oh, I got a ton of music. Yeah, in matter of fact, what I do is I make it bonus content. So in my app, you can go into the episodes. You can go to the bonus and just play the song. Okay. So you can go through this one and go to the next song, go to the next episode and play the bonus track. And, and so, yeah, so it, the app makes it nice to show that bonus artwork, show that bonus um, audio files, have them played right right in there. So that's another reason as a podcaster to get an app is it gives you a chance to give bonus content back to your listeners. So was there ever a point in your technology history where you did not have an Apple device? Oh, yeah. It was a miserable dark time. <laughs> no, I was an Atari user before I was an Apple Atari? <laughs> I had an Atari 800. And I had a TRS-80 color before that. I had a TRS-80 Coco and an Atari 800. Um there was a point in time where I had a PC a very short period of time. Was it a Tandy 1000? Yeah. No, it was, I can't even remember. It was a beige, beige no-name box yeah. um, back in like 87, 88 um, time frame. But then I got rid of it real quick. It was right after college. It would have been actually 89. It was right after college. Might have been so. Tiger Direct. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty bad. It was like even with a monotone, it was like a mono color green screen it was bad so describe for me the moment when you unpacked your first uh mac macbook or mac or whatever it was (laughs) um you know the first apple product well okay so the first mac would have been oh man so i didn't have a i had apple before it but so the first mac would have been 91 90 90 90 90 91 right in there because um it would have been right after I got rid of that, so I can't remember the exact time. But was, it I was, I, was that the iMac? No, no, it was. Uh, it wasn't an iMac. It wasn't the Performer. Performer was the next one, so it was the one before that, and I can't even remember the model number now. So yeah, it was. It was a regular Mac. Uh, it was nice. It was like I think I was running Mac, maybe four. 
Oh, it's four. Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's been. It's really been a long time. So, are you the type? You're of stretching. You're stretching my mind. <laughs> see, the problem is, I remember my very first computer. But see, this is like, okay, this yeah, is now. You're in. Now, now I'm like, I'm in a few computers. That's so funny because at some, when you think about the ones that you just, at some point when you got it, it was like the most powerful machine in you know in the world. Oh, yeah. Like it was amazing. And then like two years, that that dies quickly because then you realize, as with all technology, it gets old quick. Yeah. Then I w- I was updating every couple of years, and then um, the performer was the next one because I remember that one because I did actually get one that was um both a Mac and a PC. So they had one version in there was Mac and a PC in it and it had two different cards. Had that for a little bit. But one of them I got got struck by lightning. Uh the house got <laughs> struck by lightning and it blew out the modem on the computer. Okay. I was on the phone and it wasn't on the computer, wasn't using it. It was just plugged in into the wall. But I was on the phone talking when the house got hit by lightning. It blew out my phone and it blew out my computer. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and blow my satellite dish too. Um, so yeah, it was it was a bad day. I remember that. So, are you the type of person that holds on to all your old technology for your like technology museum in house? As he reaches and pulls down and shows something. Else. Wow, is that a that's a two C? That's an SE. That's a Mac SE. Is that. <laughs> So, yeah, so... I love how you just happen to have that handy. <laughs> so, you know what, that... I don't know if that was the... But that one wasn't... That wasn't one that... That was one I bought later on. I actually got that after. Um, so, I, I, I've gotten Macs at auctions and things over the years. And nice. So, but yeah. that one's around. That's the oldest Mac I have. I still have an Atari 800 around here, an Atari 400, um, and an Atari 2600, so... I had, yeah, we had the Atari 2600 and someone, I think, ended up with it. But I I think all we have now is the cartridges remaining. But I I don't know why, but we we never got the ColecoVision or the Nintendo. I think Nintendo, yeah, we didn't get Nintendo. But yeah, we we had at one point the 2600. Wish we had held on to that. (laughs) I still have it and it's in a box and I showed the kids it. But we actually bought one of those cheap. 2600 no it's like the joystick but it's like a cheap 2600 ripoff and and they that you plug right into the av cables in the in your computer okay or not your computer on your monitor flat screen tv because the biggest issue i have now with the atari is i have you have to get a tube tv so to connect everything (laughs) to and the 75 ohm uh connector wow that's right yeah that's you'd be dating yourself with that one at some point Mm -hmm. don't They'll 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 bring it back in some form or another. It's, I think all the Atari games are iPhone apps now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you actually they do have emulators out there so yeah. that you can get that. And I actually have a lot of the. I do have the app on my iPhone with the the class the the arcade games in it. So, oh yeah, yeah. So you can play Centipede right there on your iPhone now. So uh, from host from hosting uh, today in iOS, w- what were some of the most uh, memorable? Um, did you have like insights or because people knew that you were doing it or maybe folks at Apple that, 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 that gets you into the conferences or anything like that? Never, you know, Apple's very funny about that. I mean, I, I've, I have people that listen to the show that work at Apple and they'll contact me, but you don't get any special treatment. <laughs> uh, at least I don't, because maybe I talk about jailbreaking too much and sometimes I'm a little t- too honest. Uh, so, you know, I really you don't get any, I don't get any bonuses or benefits. I, I've, I've talked with a couple of their PR folks uh, from time to time and, and, um, and they're nice. Um, but 
yeah, I'm not getting the I'm not getting the, the Apple love. <laughs> yeah, the you know Jim Dalrymple or or um, daring fireball type love that um, you know those guys get. That's okay. So, but you still enjoy doing the show. I enjoy. I really enjoy doing the show. I have fun with it. I got a nice loyal audience base. Very active. Over half the content to every episode is is listener generated. Sometimes probably more than that now. Um, so a lot of listener feedback, voicemails. I, I mean, I have a folder with over a thousand voicemail messages in it. I still haven't played on the show. Wow. Yeah, I kind of feel bad about that. Some <laughs> of them are a little dated. Uh, it was like the last time I looked. Okay, let's, let's let's see let's see how many we've got now here. I go in. Rob's checking now. Yeah. So let's see. <laughs> I love how you have all you have everything like uh, at, 1200 at, 1204 1200 yeah. wow I love yeah. how you have everything at arm's length The uh so is is the like a, the the most exciting time for or the busiest time when Apple releases a a new handset Oh yeah is without a doubt yeah so for me you know I get a spike in in listenership come September October so when Apple releases the new iPhone that's that's when there's a lot more interest in the show and in the product. So I, my show, when you go into iTunes and you search for iPhone or iPad or iOS, my show comes up first. And yeah. did, does that mean you got to get the new, the new phone every time? <laughs> you know, my sons think so because they love it when daddy gets new phone, because that means phones roll down to <laughs> sons. So I was telling them that, no, I'm not going to get a new phone this year because daddy just got a new MacBook, a MacBook pro and mommy got a MacBook and daddy got an Apple watch. And it's been an expensive year in, in household <laughs> Apple wise. I said, we're probably not going to do a new iPhone. I got the six plus last year. So I go, most likely not going to get a new one. It would have to be some really super fantastic feature that blows you out of the water for me to buy one this year. I, I just can't. And my son's like, no, you need to do it for your show, dad. <laughs> and, and it's funny last year, I wasn't going to do it either. I was going to, I was on the five S and I was like, you know what? I'll wait till next year. I always like the S series ones. S ones are the, are the bigger updates really technical spec wise. And my listeners are like, no, 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 you need to get it. And so they, they started donating money to me to go wow. and get the phone last year. That's funny. So yeah, I'm always got, on the I'm always on the S cycle. I have the five S, so I'm due. Mm -hmm. My next up, upgrade will be the six S, which I've heard. So you, you'll be happy. I mean, <laughs> good things. The about. rumor. It, it, let's see who the rumors come true. But they bought a company in Israel earlier this year, and that company supposedly has sensors for cameras that give you DSLR image quality. Wow. Yeah. So if you actually look at photography for the four S, the five S, and the six. Plus, if you look at how the photographs look between there, there's a little bit of a difference between the 4S and the 5S. You can see it quality difference in the photos easily. Between the 5S and the 6 Plus, almost no difference in quality of the images. So you're at a point where the normal person can't really tell the difference between it. Apple needs to take it to the next level. I saw a billboard here in Los Angeles, and it, it, it was a, like a sunset or something like that, but it said made this photo was taken with an iPhone six plus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just like sitting on the, I was like, wow. <laughs> and that's a pretty good testament to the quality of the, of the images. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, 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 I think the camera is the biggest thing that people use in their smartphone. And I think Apple knows that and they always have some update to the cameras. And I, and I felt the last few updates, you kind of almost plateaued. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see what Apple does this year. I, I would imagine that it's going to be a lot of talk about the camera. 
So you mentioned your son, Porter, right? Porter is my youngest son, yes. <laughs> and I know he that, has a podcast. I know yes. that because he has a podcast. How's the podcast doing? It, as he will tell you he's upset because his producer isn't working with him enough. And um, so his producer, i.e. me, needs to work with him to get the next episode out. So we talked about doing one this weekend. We'll see if we get one done this weekend. I have to prep his questions. They've got a bunch of questions in, in, in there, so ready for him. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if we can get one out. So Maybe we'll talk about Minions. Yeah, of course. That would be fun. So for folks listening, and, and uh, talk about why you decided to to start a podcast, or why, or maybe he did, and, and he and he asked you. He to. came to me. He did. Yeah. He, no. He he's you know he was five and a half at the time, and he, I have no, he has an older brother, and I had tried to get his older brother to do a podcast. I said, Hey, Henry, want to do a podcast? And he's like, No, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Do it. So one day, Porter comes to me and goes, I want to do a podcast. I'm like. Okay, well, I was thinking, right, or whatever. And I was like, well, here, tell me what you want to do it about. And I thought that would be the question that would push him aside. And, you know, and he came back to me and said, I want to answer people's questions. Nice. Like, okay, well, <laughs> good. You've got a format. You know what you want to do. You can be a podcaster. So we, uh, we worked that out and got a few people to set in some questions for him. And uh, we've been doing that now. Again, it's he, he's overdue for a new episode, but he likes it. He has fun. He sits in my lap for about twenty minutes. We do the recording, and then uh, and then afterwards, I edit it all up and get about a twelve, fifteen minute show out of it. You you'll be happy to know you had one more listener as a result of me going to see my parents for Father's Day, and my nephews were over, and I'm like, you know, because one of them does like some YouTube stuff, and I'm like, have you been listening to the podcast? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, there's this guy named, this kid named Porter. He's got his own podcast. You, know, you should check it out. So obviously my nephew's got an iPhone already. So I grabbed his phone and I downloaded mm-hmm. Porter's podcast. And that's one more listener. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and Porter has fun with it. You know, we have a little thing where he just says thank you to the different countries, somebody, a different country each episode for listening. So he'll say, he learned, we learn, I teach him how to say thank you in a certain language. So the last one was Korean. So we have to figure out what, what the next language language is going to be that he says thank you in so and at this point you've had listenership in almost all countries right his show the last time i checked it was about it was 115 120 countries he said downloads and yeah so we'll we'll see where um where we're going to go for the next one that's one of the things that's again that's my prep work i got to find the country and then uh pick the language for him but then he learns it and he learns to say thank you and uh so he has fun with that he's going to be multi multilingual podcaster (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh you recently had um you spoke at the nmx conference and uh you had a you had a talk that was uh, all, all that marketing advice for your podcast is bs <laughs> yeah i said all that marketing advice for your podcast is bs well it's true most all of it is I mean, some of the marketing advice out there is so so bad so what uh, are the top top two or three things that just stick in your craw uh, Twitter bombing, um, you know, just over tweeting your, your thing. There's a, quite a few Twitter bombers. I could look through your list of, you had a guest, one of your guests was a fa- infamous Twitter bomber <laughs> and she stopped, but she used to, okay. um, uh, and, and you know, just the people just over tweeting the, the direct URL to the file and the bots hit it and they think their numbers went up and they're like, no, they don't. Uh, other bad, bad ones are people's obsession with new and notable. Yeah. Uh, you know, they go just go crazy thinking that you need to be featured in New Noteworthy, and and 
you don't and you know and there's bad advice about new and noteworthy people think oh the algorithm gets you on the front page it does not the algorithm it's hand placed on the front page the algorithm works in the back on the smaller sub pages and people think it has it has a better value than it really does i mean porter's podcast was featured on the front page of itunes my other my most recent show was featured up there uh, it's called casey startup 411 it was featured front page itunes it was worth 300 downloads hmm per episode, you know, to, for, for that episode that was out during the time it was featured. That, that was it. And people work and concentrate too often on the wrong things um, and think, and this is the biggest thing, is people think there's a magic bullet for guaranteeing you listenership. There isn't. Anybody that tells you they guarantee you they'll grow your audience is basically reaching around right now, sticking their fingers in your back pocket, trying to take money out of your wallet. Um, you know, it, it's not true, you know, and it was someone said it was Corey. It was like any, anybody that says, uh, what was Corey's line? Anyone that tells you you have a problem and they have a solution. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what, great. yeah, everybody knows, everyone knows there is what they quote, quote unquote, um, a discoverability issue in podcasting, which there isn't, but everyone thinks, knows that everyone who's a podcaster feels that way feels that you know there's they need to get their show bigger everybody wants their show bigger doesn't matter who it is everyone mark wants his show bigger that's why he had the president on mm-hmm. everybody you know dan carlin wants his show bigger he's happy you know that he's three million in, in downloads plus an episode but he wants it bigger everybody wants it bigger um tim ferris all these guys want it bigger i, I had a call from tim ferris um, about six months ago uh it was december or so and he's like hey rob how do i get my show bigger so he's in there calling me, he's calling Johnny Dooms, he's calling people trying to grow a show. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had your audience already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, everyone wants it bigger and, and people know that. And that's what brings out the snake oil salesman. And they know if they go out and they say, hey, pay $700 for my webinar, I'm going to show you how to grow your audience. People are going to do it. And they're going to take the money gleefully. And, um, and people hand it over gleefully. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. None of that advice works. All that matters is that you have a good show and you've got good word of mouth marketing and your audience is telling their friends. And if your audience isn't telling their friends, none of that other stuff matters. Yeah, it's so important. It definitely bears repeating. Uh, Corey's quote was, I pulled it up. It says, beware of anybody who points out your problem and has the solution for sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's- and that's what those people are doing. They're there's because they know everyone thinks they have a discoverability, a, a growth issue because everyone feels that way. You know, if you ask a thousand podcasters, what's more important to them, growing their audience or monetizing their audience, 999 of them are going to tell you growing your audience. Yeah, because um, I'm producing a, a podcast for a client and they don't have a lot of downloads, but the impact of the of and they're up to about maybe episode 15 but the impact that they've had just simply because of the quality of the guests they've had the fact that the guests they've had are, are referring him to other shows and he's already been asked to speak at a conference i mean this is no not even close to 10,000 downloads so it's really and it's really what you're supports what you're saying it's quality not quantity mm-hmm. if you get the right people and you focus on putting out um, a good show every week you're going to develop your this loyal tribe of listeners yeah. oh. and, and they'll tell and that's the thing if your audience is happy with your show they're going to tell their friends and family 
they're going to review it. You know, the, the fake reviews or the review my show, review your show, uh, scam, you know, all that ever does is raise a red flag to people about who you shouldn't interview on your show. If someone mm. comes, you know, when people are out there going, Hey, I'll review your show. You review mine. They're, they're waving this flag saying my show sucks. My show sucks. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the impression that they're giving and maybe their show isn't suck. It doesn't suck, but that's the impression they're giving when they go out there and they say that. And, you know, I try to tell people, don't, don't do that. Get your own audience to review your show. Don't waste your time reviewing other people's shows that you're not listening to. Yeah. Concentrate on your own core audience. If, you, if you're out there spending your time trying to get strangers who don't listen to your show to, to review your show, you're wasting time. Waste, you know, spend that on better content, better production, and better communication with your own audience. Amen. The other uh, stat that you had out was a uh, misconception about uh, the number of downloads per episode. <sighs> Yeah, everyone thinks their numbers, you know, because they hear these people running around tell, giving numbers and they lie. They lie, they lie, they lie. They've always lied about numbers. So I, um, you know, go off color here. You know, I always say a podcaster is more likely to tell you the true length of his male member than he is this no, download numbers. You know, oh, that's, that might be a tweet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, uh, when I when I before I started at Libsyn, I always get a story. Before I started at Libsyn, there was a guy running around saying he gets sixty thousand downloads an episode. Sixty thousand. I'm like, there's no way this guy gets his numbers. His show's not that good. There's no way. First day on the job at Libsyn, I contacted Dave. I like, hey, go. How do I get in to check someone's stats? And they go, oh, here's how you do it. I go in and look at his numbers. Best episode ever, six hundred. Wow. Yeah, he's running around telling people this. So what we try to do on the feed, and as you've heard, every every month. I give what we call the median number and the adjusted mean. And the median number is, I look at all the episodes that were downloaded the month, not the past month, but the month prior to that. And I look at those downloads up to the end of the following month. So for example, for March of 2015, any episodes that were released in March of 2015, I looked at those numbers at the end of April, the last day of April, and I look at those numbers. And the median when I looked down that spreadsheet, basically I said, oh, well, those X number, say 50,000 episodes were released that month, 20, episode 20, 25,000 in the spreadsheet, how many downloads did it have when I sorted from high to low? The median number was 160 for March. Wow. And then I also look at what's called the adjusted mean. So I take the top half percent out. I take anything with three or fewer downloads out, and that gives me a, what I consider a more realistic average. Uh, I do that because we have such big shows, it can skew it up uh, by, over, you know, by quite a bit. Um, in March, that number was 1,761. Now, to put that in perspective, I just ran the numbers this morning for downloads that happened in May. So I looked at where, where they were at the end of June. And the median, or the median number was 154, so pretty close to that 160. And the average was actually up to 2005. And just to put it in perspective, that's actually traditionally where it's been. The 1761 was actually really low. Uh, the, the 2000 to 2100 range is kind of where we've seen the, the median um, mean or the average mean be. Um, now, what people don't realize is some other numbers here. If you actually look at, if, you, if you're in the top 20% of podcasts, Again, these are ones that are released on Libsyn. If you're getting 1,300 downloads per episode or more, you're in the top 20%. If you're getting 3,500 downloads or more, you're in the top 10%. You're getting 5,000 downloads or more, you're in the top 8%. 
top 5%, it'd be about 9,500. And if you have over 42,000 downloads, you're in the top 1%. What about so, if you have 60,000 downloads? <laughs> if you have 60,000 per episode, uh, then you're going to be in the top 1%. <laughs> you're big you're, fat, you're, you're a big fat liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're not doing a podcast, by the way, and you're not doing a podcast about podcasting because podcasts about podcasting don't get over 5,000 downloads an episode. Okay. Um, so I have, a num- I have a number to shoot for. <laughs> yeah. If you have a podcast about podcasting, the, the, the glass ceiling is kind of that 5,000 range. If you can get to that number, great. The feed, we're doing 2,200 right okay. now. I, I just went and looked. Elsie gave some numbers. I think we're, we're a little off on when you hear the next episode come out. But I actually went and I was like, that didn't sound right. So I went in today and looked. I was like, you know, we're at 2,200 per episode. Um, uh, so that, that's where we are. We'll have a correction in the episode after that. The feed also is the podcast that you do with Elsie Escobar. And it's mm-hmm. just your way of, I, I guess, get, communicating back to the Lipson community. And podcasters. And you know, podcasters, we do yeah. it not just for Libsyn. We talk about some Libsyn stuff, but most of the time we talk about just podcasting yeah. items, you know, and we try to educate people on what's real and what isn't real and try to, work, you know, chase them away from the shucksters, you know, let them know that you don't need a WordPress site to have a podcast, which is a big misconception out there. Uh, that, you know, different, you know, just, just different myths that are out there on podcasting. We, we go over and I get on my soapbox and do my little rants and here and there, but, Elsie does the whole production work, which is great. So I don't have to do anything but show up and talk and, and research ahead of time. But, um, you know, it's, it's a fun show. And, and Elsie and I have known each other for many years before she worked at Libsyn, before I worked at Libsyn. I had interviewed Elsie on Podcast 411 for her podcast. Hmm. So when I got hired at Libsyn, the first thing I did was hire Elsie. So that was the first hire I made. That was a smart move. Yeah. So... <laughs> And, and that was, you know, and, and Elsie's just the sweetest, nicest person and she's tech, technically savvy and she understands podcasting and she understands this community. So it's just a you know, great asset having at Libsyn. Well, it's, it's one of my must listens for the week. Uh, you guys make a, a really good team. <laughs> it's like she's got, she provides the just crazy energy and you've got like all the the historical context and the stats and i think and then i, I love it when you guys butt heads too because that's always fun to listen to yeah well we don't know yeah we're not going to agree on everything <laughs> yeah and we, we have that's fun good. with that yeah. that's what makes it a good show so what do you got uh, lined up in terms of you're, you're speaking at uh podcast movement i'm speaking at podcast movement uh be talking about the libsyn back end and i'll be talking about iTunes and how iTunes works and get kind of a mixture of those two in there and where to go and find things to optimize in iTunes. You know, I, a lot of people still don't know and understand how iTunes search works. They don't understand how the top 200 lists work. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about how iTunes works. And that was one of my presentation at, at New Media Expo went over that. I'm going to take a little bit of that into this, but more talk about Libsyn and the back end and how to optimize your, your podcast for iTunes and for others, other things and tools and how to work with Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. And uh, the other thing to remember is if you're a Libsyn customer, make sure you bring some flyers, right? <laughs> bring some business cards. I yeah. mean, bring the business cards, put them out. We always, we put them out on the table. That's one of the, you know, I, I started doing this as a way to shame podcasters into getting business cards for their shows because I said, like, you know what, I'm going to have some podcasters put them out that I know have them. And, and I just said, Hey, start putting them out here. And, and more started coming by going, Hey, I do have them. I'll put them out. And others are going like, man, I really need to get cards. I should have my show. I should have cards. I, if I had cards, I could have my show right there being exposed. I'm like, yes, you could. 
Because every show I do where we put the business cards out, there will be multiple people that will come by and grab cards almost from every show. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I've seen those they're like, they're like, some of them will say to me, I'm looking for something new to listen. But more importantly, I'll hear people say, I'm looking for people to interview. Ah. And if you didn't have your card out, you missed an opportunity to be interviewed by that person, which means you missed an opportunity for exposure for your show. Valuable advice. And that's one of the main reasons I'm always listening to your show, because I pick up like little tips here and there that uh, there's no one show that's going to give you all the information you need. So you kind of have to have like a, a core group. And that's why I listen to so many podcasts about podcasts. Yeah. And so you, you are part of that 5,000, that group of 5,000 yeah. people that robes around listening yeah. to different podcasts about um, podcasting. I, I think I'm at my limit, though. No, hopefully there's no more coming out that are good because I'll be forced to find time to listen to them. Well, I, have to, I have to bring podcast 411 back someday. Yeah, you it's should. Just, I have actually have an interview with Ben Greenfield that's been in the can for a year and a half. That's the next episode. <laughs> and I, poor Ben. I, I'm glad he's a friend. Uh, and, and he's not mad at me for doing that interview and I haven't released it. And I got one for Tim Ferriss that I, I, re, really? I interviewed for my other one, Casey Startup, that I have to release my interview with Tim. So I was, I got to get that done here before this month's up. So yeah, Ben's, Greenfield, up. Ben's Greenfield, Ben Greenfield's podcast is uh, fantastic. He's prolific yes. with his output as well, too. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. He's just a madman. <laughs> yeah, in podcasting and in real life, too. So, yeah. Um, so as you think about what's been happening and, and having been in podcasting for such a long time, what still gets you excited about what's coming up? And, you know, maybe we don't have to look too far out because things change so rapidly. So thinking forward, like next six to 12 months, what's got you excited? Well, the Spotify announcement. Oh, yeah. yeah. Being in that Spotify, um, having the destination with TuneIn, seeing that these online streaming services are now understanding that it's not just music, that people want more than just music. So getting in there, hopefully we'll see a Pandora come around eventually. Who knows? Um, but I, I, I'm hoping that they realize that, hey, Apple Music and the podcast app are there and Spotify now has podcasts and they're going to realize that they need to keep people in their app and their ecosystem. And, and to do that, you're going to have to give people that like to listen to stuff more stuff to listen to. So what excites me is that the streaming world of music is now embracing the podcast side of things. And, and that's good for podcasting. Um, the smartphones... Again, taking over last month, 69.33% of all our downloads were directly to mobile device. That's an all-time high, uh, which meant computers were at an all-time low, which is good because I, I really need to do it for the next episode. I, I, I thought about doing it. I didn't have time today, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at, okay, back when computers were 65%, how many downloads did that actually mean? And today, when they're at 30%, is it the same number? So in other words, you know, how is, how is the growth gone versus the percentage change? Is it, is it percentage changing because less people are downloading on computer or is it just that so many more people are downloading on mobile? And I think what I'm going to find is that the computer number is about the same, um, maybe even a little bit higher. Uh, so I want to see if it's higher or lower or right about the same of where it was three years ago on a, on a monthly basis. And uh, Google's role in that podcasting feature. <laughs> You know, they're working, you know, on, you know yeah. they're working on an app, right? <laughs> well, well, Google and podcasting, they've done nothing so far. So, you know, 
and someday maybe who knows um i think google's just waiting for the uh, they're they're maybe they're thinking that the self-driving cars are coming and people will just watch videos in the cars uh <laughs> so they're giving they've given up on podcasting and concentrated on that but you know there's nothing that i know out there of you know that google's got for a podcast app natively for you know their version of of the podcast app it would be nice it would really be nice but I'm- I'm surprised no one has made a T-shirt for you that says Google is not podcast. Was it Google is not podcasting's friend? Yeah, yeah, I've been quoted a few times saying that, and to date, they haven't done anything. And yeah. people are like, I get Android fanboys send me hate mail. You know, I'm like, like I'm sorry, but you can't be a podcaster and berate Apple and and put Google on a pedestal because Google's done nothing for podcasting to date, and. Apple's done everything. Yeah, that's why. Last was it last month? Sixty. Where's the percentage at? Sixty-seven point five seven percent of all downloads last month to Libsyn were from Apple software. Mm. Most of that being iTunes and Apple Core Media and the podcast app. To put that in perspective, all the other third-party aggregator apps out there for all the other platforms, six point five percent. So that's Stitcher and TuneIn and. Instacast and uh, Shifty Jelly Pocket Cast and Overcast, all of those things combined were six and a half percent, less wow. than one tenth of what Apple was. Wow. Well, interesting, interesting <laughs> stats. And I just love how the, uh, the fact that you have them all handy. <laughs> I was prepped. You, you, yeah. know, you said talk stats. Right? <laughs> talk stats. So um, as, we, as we wrap up here, um, do you have ever find time to do anything that's not podcast related? I do a little bit, yes. Um, you know, I have we, me and the wife. We like to do our binge watching on Netflix. Okay, what have uh, you been watching recently? What I actually did with her was we binge watched. She had never watched Game of Thrones. Oh man! So I was basically caught up, and we went back and I watched with her from the beginning. So we started with as season five was starting. Um, we went back and I watched with her seasons one through four and then got her in and caught her up to, to so so that was fun because i was like oh wait a second i forgot about that i yeah. forgot about when when uh needle got stolen and who it was that stole needle and and just thinking wow um you know Sansa got really pretty as she got older <laughs> <laughs> and aria not so much <laughs> um, no what's, what must have been crazy is for you to like be biting your lip for some of those season ending scenes or just like gosh. wait for it wait for it i I actually, at one point, I it was. I'm going to do. A, I can't do a spoiler, but there was one scene, the wedding scene, the wedding episode, yeah. and um, and and we we were getting to that, and I said, my wife started to get up. She was watching, and she was going to fold laundry. I go, this is not the episode you want to fold laundry. I go, just sit down and watch this episode. And when that episode was over, she was like a lot of people, like, oh my god, they, yeah. they killed them all. You know, it's like. And she couldn't believe it, you know, and, you and, 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 and I said, you know, we're not going to watch another episode. I want you to just sit with that feeling for a day. I go a lot, you know, cause people had to sit with that for a week. I go, yeah. You have to watch the next episode now. She's like, no, I want to watch that. Oh no. I go, you have to sit with that feeling for a day. And so I made her sit for a day with that feeling of, you know, cause that was, if anyone's watched Game of Thrones knows that wedding scene, it just, you, that episode, which is that after the episode, you're like, oh my God. Sucked the, the air out of you. It was so, we'd binge watched. I mean, we, we yeah. didn't start watching until season five. So we binge watched through that one and and i was just like dumb i mean i haven't seen a scene like that on tv i think you know ever maybe there's one mm-hmm. or two that people can think of but it was just one of those scenes like 
wow, this this show will just go anywhere. It will. Anybody is fair game to die. And I told Karen that. That's what I told her early on. I go, look, I go. When she realized it after like the second death, I'm like, Karen, anybody can die at any point. She, she always needle me like, is this person going to die? I go, I will give you no spoilers. I, I'm like, I go, I will not answer you. I go, you ask me a question. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just not answering. I go, I don't want to, I don't want to tip my hat. So I, I, I try to be spoiler free in my household. Ever since um, I, on podcast 411, I actually did a spoiler on that episode and I got a couple people, Evo Terror, got really mad at me because I mentioned that Starbuck died and I was doing an interview and we talked about Starbuck dying and he hadn't, he had TiVo'd and he mm. hadn't gotten up to that point. And, and, and he was like, he, he sent me, you bastard, you set up. You know, yeah. Sorry, you have to edit there. Uh, get yourself uh, G-rated. But he guy who's all mad at me, and he probably could still tell you that you know I, I ruined it for him. Hmm. But I was like, yeah, but yeah, that's a it's a good time to be watching TV. Uh, we watch Walking Dead, and uh, there's a new Walking Dead coming out that basically starts in Los Angeles. I think is that <laughs> what? Is, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Is the, the one spinoff. The one, yeah, the spinoff. It's going to be what happened. As people were turning in Los Angeles, so like basically the other side of the country. So cool. That, that's a good idea for yeah. them, and I love that show. My wife will not watch it. That's too. too it's, it's, it's violent. It's yeah, it's grisly. violent. Is 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 as um, uh, Game of Thrones is that is the gore that she can't handle. Yeah. That's his gore for gore's sake. She she even Game of Thrones. She was a little like, Ugh. yeah, that but, gets yeah. pretty gory as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Rob. Thanks so much. You've been super generous with your time. Uh, well, thank you. And thanks for hosting with Libsyn. Yes. Always, always glad. Uh, nothing but good things to say. And I'm sure uh, the more people that uh, join, they're going to find the, not only the service, but I think the other added bonus is the community. You guys are really mm-hmm. active and, and uh, Elsie does a great part. So I think every social media channel she's got covered. <laughs> yeah. So she does all of If you are on Facebook or Twitter, that's Elsie that's answering those questions. Yeah. So she she does a really good job on it. And I, I know every now and then I'll see something pop up, and and before I can even email her to say something, she's already responded. I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. Um, so she's making me lazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know Elsie does a great job. And if you ever anyone wants to reach me, I, I make myself very um, approachable. I put my cards out at any shows, and you can email me Rob R O B at Libsyn dot com L I B S Y N dot com, and I'll answer any questions you have about podcasting. And if if you're interested in podcasting, I have a free iBook out there that's in the in the Apple Store. Just search for Podcast One Hundred One. It's a free book that'll take you from nothing to a podcast in a matter of an hour and a half, two hours, and for no money. Nice. Did you have a podcast? Zero is a good price. Zero is a good price. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rob. Enjoy your weekend and uh, have a great yes. day. Are you, are you going to Minions? I will try to get to Minions. <laughs> but my, my wife is actually a fan, so I think we might actually try to see it this weekend. I could, you know, I got to see if my son wants to dress up for Minions tomorrow. <laughs> we, we should do that cosplay. It'll okay, be his so, first chance for cosplay. So there's then, the other thing you asked for hobby. So there, ah, with, with, with the kids. So... So we'll, are you on Instagram? Are you going to post a picture about that? If, I, if we go tomorrow as, and I dress up as Gru um, and he dresses up as a minion, um, yes, I will post that on Instagram. And at, my Instagram is uh, slash today in iOS. Perfect. All right. Thanks again, Rob. All right. Thanks, Harry. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rob Walsh, VP of Lipson, podcast host extraordinaire, podcast 411, today in iOS, Lipson's the feed. Just an all-around uh, good guy. Good sense of humor. <laughs> I always like that about people. And um, 
really important ambassador, in my opinion, for podcasting because of his position in the industry with Libsyn and his history. I mean, he's been podcasting since 2004. So I would uh, tend to think that he's got a couple of things to say about podcasting, speaking from experience. If you get a chance to see him at an upcoming conference, I highly recommend you check him out. You might actually learn something. Some music for this show is always produced by Cedar and Soil. That's cedarsoil.com. Check the check him out. Um, it's Cedar and Soil, but it's one person. It's a really good friend of mine. Been podcasting with me. Not podcasting with me, but uh, helped me put together uh, the music. And it was actually my musical curator at the beginning when I was actually putting tracks at the end of each uh, episode. You'll find those in the beginning. But I had a put the kibosh on that because uh, I was worried about copyright issues. Immensely talented uh, producer, performer. Uh, Check out his videos and his music. You will not be disappointed. And uh, thanks again for the listeners, you guys who keep coming back week after week. The hashtag, um, the true fan hashtag. I got to come up for a name for this thing. I have a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Jesse Lawler. He calls it the ruthless retention gimmick. Um, and he mentions it at the beginning of his show. That's where I got the idea. So I'm giving credit where credit is due. The hashtag for this week is Atari 800. Old school um, console. Not a lot of people are familiar with it. But if you listen this long, just let us know. Uh, Harry is me at podcast junkies at podcast underscore junkies. Sorry, is my Twitter. And Rob is at podcast 411. Hashtag Atari 800 if you've made it this far. Just a nice way of uh, keeping track of who the real podcast junkies, junkies, junkies are. That's it. Uh, Subscribe, podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes. I say podcast junkies a lot, don't I? Show some love for the the podcast and uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, just go to iTunes, pull up the show, hit the subscribe button, and that's all you have to do for today. That's your good deed for the day. And tell a friend. Okay, maybe two good deeds for the day. Thanks again for all your support, all your love. It is immensely appreciated. I'm really excited about uh, looking for these guests. The last couple have really inspired me, man. I'm so happy to be doing this. I'm so happy to that you're listening. And uh, I'm happy to be alive today. <laughs> See ya. See ya.